Welcome to Direct and Current, an audio broadcast presented by Electrical Business Magazine. I'm Anthony Kapkin. At the end of April 2020, we were just over one month into a national lockdown due to COVID-19. Emergency health measures were enacted. Construction was severely curtailed in some jurisdictions. In others, it ceased altogether. The economy was shutting down. Yet electricians had been deemed essential in most jurisdictions, and by extension, their distributors. So I gathered together a panel of electrical distributors from one coast to the other to learn how the pandemic was affecting their operations and their ability to serve their customers. This is part one of two of that discussion. In part two, I asked my panelists what pandemic-related changes, lessons learned, and the like will persist when the crisis eventually passes and we get to our new normal. With that, let's get on with part one. I'd like to start with the question and actually sort of set the stage, if you will, that electricians have been deemed essential in, in most jurisdictions. So how have you adjusted your operations against the backdrop of possible stay-at-home orders, social distancing, and the like? Michael Gross, how about we start with you? It is. Uh, in, it's unprecedented times here. and. Uh, it is really about uh, how, how do you make sure that you protect that you protect your team and and for, for really first and foremost your own people and uh, what can you what can you do there to make sure that uh, everybody operates in a safe and healthy mode. So what what we have done is we we have literally we have closed we're we're open for business but we have closed the the counters for all kinds of. For all kinds of traffic, we, we got we got pickup schedules arranged. We have here my my by Vesco.ca. Customers can can dial in or can call in or can pre-order and it's curbside pickup. So that that's really and that is and that was mainly here to to really protect our own. To protect our own teams and uh, as well our customers. Uh, now, Jason, uh, same question to you. So, how has uh, Graybar Canada adjusted adjusted its operations? Sure, like uh, like Wesco, we've got curbside pickup uh, across the country now, and I think it was um, we kind of we kind of refer back to Friday the thirteenth when when all this really started, and I think it was pretty amazing across the industry how the consistency was in that first week and a half. Everyone sort of got in tow and did a lot of the same thing. So we had changed a number of things. And the first, I guess, priority of the gate was to look after our employees and our customers. And, and the big concern that week was just the panic and the unknown about the virus and, and people were concerned about their health. And we had a varying degree of, of uh, I guess, feedback from our employees. Some of them um, wanted to be home and, and safe. Others were more than willing to be here. So, you know, we took it and changed a lot of our processes. The curbside pickup was one of them. We've, we We sort of reduce access to our buildings to employees only, which, you know, once we did that and got through that point, that seemed to be the settling point for, for our folks internally. And since then, we've um, gotten a lot of our staff, about 40 or 45% are working remotely right now so that we can have those social distancing requirements within the branches where we still need people handling the operations of our business. And then, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we really spent a lot of time as an organization trying to learn how to how to manage a remote workforce uh, it's a little bit different from the traditional 
way that we run our business. And um, so, you know, we're, we're consistently trying to figure out ways. And, and a big part of it is, is obviously communication and staying in touch with the, with the teams that are out there. So all of our sales leadership are spending a lot of time connecting with, uh, with the teams and using the technology that's out there today. I think if we were in this position five or 10 years ago, you know, the industry and really the economy overall, I think would be in a lot rougher, sh- a lot rougher shape without, without the technology that we have available to us today. So I feel like we're fairly fortunate that way. Well, thank you for that, Jason. Uh, let me jump over to the other coast where uh, Tim Horsman is waiting patiently. Uh, same question to you, Tim. Uh, how have operations changed at uh, EB Horsman and Son? It's been a, a very fluid environment and, and somewhat unnerving, no question. Uh, I've been most impressed with the team as they've had to pivot, and they did that really all you know immediately as the uh, pandemic and information related kind of evolved. Um, health and safety, as with Jason and, and the whole channel, uh, was was paramount, and, and we needed to make sure our, you know, not just our customers and suppliers and employees were safe, but also you know safety in the community in general, and, and that we were being a good corporate citizen, and you know just protecting and, and living by the the standards that were being set by an evolving public health authority. So, uh, you know, in our organization, we had, and, and I feel very fortunate, we have a business continuity committee that, that runs they have a monthly meeting anyways. The interesting thing uh, in learning was that we had always been running that committee with, the, you know, the, the kind of field of vision being around um, some kind of natural disaster, a tsunami or an earthquake. Uh, maybe a disruption and a you know a cut fiber line or a gas explosion that cut off a piece of the business. Uh, we had never really contemplated a, a larger uh, full-scale adjustment. Um, but you know, much of what we did with that business continuity planning, uh, you know, applied, and and we were really able to quickly pivot, uh, which is which was special. The the team almost immediately set up subcommittees, one which was a, a branch operational kind of customer experience task force uh, that was tasked with looking at how we were serving customers and and uh, supply chain uh, uh, couriers that were coming and going. And the other end of the spectrum, that unified uh, kind of sales and marketing digitalization plan. So our construction market has continued. So we were fortunate that we got to continue to serve customers, unlike some of the other areas uh, across the country. So yeah, those modifications, curbside uh, continues, focus on remote work and and through phones and email e-commerce tools. Uh, so now we're in the phase, and, and I use the, the language in the company, uh, respond, recover, and thrive. You know. Our initial response and the way that we, we adjusted our, our workforce, uh, enabling remote work almost instantaneously was great. Health and safety, how we're, how we're gonna now re-enter the market is the interesting part. And then the team is really tasked with like, okay, this is a fluid environment. We're gonna reopen, the restrictions are gonna be relaxed, but there is a really high probability that you know we'll have to have a fallback position so, you know, we, we want to think about recovery and long term, but, you know, we're still in the phase where the reality is we're months or longer, maybe away from the vaccine. So how do we, what's our new normal and how do we find it? So uh, we're focusing on the things we can control and it's been an interesting experience. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Definitely. I think you've summed everything up quite nicely uh, just with that one word. Uh, now, keeping out West, uh, I'd like to turn to uh, Greg. Uh, can I have you weigh in? 
it affected every part of our business. And I think even from our executive team to the first thing for us was that we had to implement all of a sudden daily COVID updates. Luckily, uh, we've removed those from daily now to uh, just weekly. But that was the first thing that we looked at uh, on our for our own uh, changing our daily uh, way of life. For our branches, one of the things that differed from us was the fact that we actually left our counters open. What we did was we, we were lucky enough in most of our buildings to have enough physical space where we did things like uh, remove uh, gondolas with product, we removed marketing displays, we removed a lot of things to create a, a larger physical space within our counters so that we could look after the health of, of our employees, but also the health of the customers that actually entered our buildings. We did other things like limit access to areas in our building that normally would have access to customers prior to that uh, as well. Um, they were kind of the big things. You know, from a health and safety perspective, I think one thing that we did initially was um, we looked at our most vulnerable part of our staff and just based on what the government had uh, um, talked about in regards to the age uh, bracket, we had certain individuals that uh, they were the first ones that we gave options to work from home. You know, a lot of them decided that they didn't want to. They wanted to stay within the buildings. But like everybody else, I think we reduced our in-office uh, work, uh, workforce in some cases as much as maybe 40% and in some cases maybe a little bit less. Oh, very good. Thank you. There was a, a little bit of uh, audio overlapping yours at the end there, but uh, but I, I did get it. Thank you for that, Greg. Uh, let me turn to Roger, who's been uh, also sitting uh, patiently there. Uh, so, Roger, how has uh, Rexel Canada and its brands uh, altered its operations in the face of this crisis? Uh, very similar to uh, everything that's really been uh, covered by others. Uh, you know, we had to to certainly shut down the counter from traffic, uh, and uh, it really depended on the market we were in, uh, some of the other actions we took. But one of the things we did do that I, I hasn't really been talked about is the our DCs across Canada. Uh, you know, we had to really change the way we operate those. Certainly, just from a flow of people through them, from you know truck drivers coming in from either couriers or transportation companies, and how we handled that to our own people, which obviously, um, in some cases, you know, social distancing and, and receiving areas and shipping areas can be challenging. Those areas tend to be uh, kind of clustered together on purpose and workstations also clustered together. So we had to, to spread some of that out. We did it within our DCs, we've uh, separated uh, shifts. So rather than losing uh, an entire uh, DC worth of employees if something was, you know, tragically to happen, which uh, well, thank goodness it didn't, was we would, you know, by sh by shifting into into two shifts, uh, a cleaning uh, and cleansing uh, period for sanitizing in between them really reduced our risk on uh, DCs. So that uh, worked well. It uh, caused us to certainly change and uh, and the way we did a lot of that uh, that work but it also uh, allowed us to make sure, uh, you know, as others have said, uh, you know, first and foremost was employee safety. And certainly we didn't want somebody either bringing, you know, the illness into the workforce or, uh, or taking it home with them uh, even worse. So uh, that, that worked very well, and, uh, but did require 
you know, kind of opening that uh, emergency preparedness plan and figuring out how we were going to uh, do that. And uh, uh, to Tim's point, you know, we had plans, uh, you know, created, but never around a pandemic. I, I don't think any of us ever dreamt that up. So uh, I guess we'll be rewriting the book to include pandemics now. So. Uh, very good. You, you, you just took the words out of my mouth for the, for those who even have an emergency preparedness plan. I imagine they'll be tweaking it over the coming days. Uh, let me now turn to uh, Cliff. Uh, Cliff, so how at Franklin Empire, how, have, um, how has the crisis changed your operations? I, I, if I, if I'm correct, I think it's Plato who was credited with uh, necessity as the mother of invention. Uh, I understand that better today than I ever did uh, before. Um, like the others, um, um, we followed the same path very quickly. Uh, we went from, I think it was a Thursday or a Friday, from having uh, nobody uh, in our company working from home. Um, by the following Tuesday, we had 80% of our staff working from home. Technology was a huge factor. Um, we found tools that we already had that we never really used before or had to implement. You know, Quebec uh, uh, led the country with closure of construction sites. So, so uh, unfortunately, we got our feet wet there. The, the closure in Quebec was pretty devastating for our business. Uh, it represents 50% of our revenue in, in that province. Uh, Ontario a little less so, but uh, you know Ontario followed two weeks later. You know we managed to keep everybody busy. Thankfully, our industrial side of the business is is actually quite healthy. Um, a lot of our industrial customers are essential businesses. They're in food production, pharmaceuticals, and uh, they've really kept they've really kept us busy. A little bit of construction. Some of the job sites we service are essential uh, types of jobs, but uh, like everyone else, it's it's a brand new experience and. Uh, We've uh, thankfully uh, adapted very quickly, and uh, I'm impressed with the whole industry of how, how quickly we've been able to adapt and keep things going and keep customer service. No, it's definitely been something interesting and exciting to watch, uh, just you know, being in the wings. Uh, let me turn now to uh, Mr. Tim McDonald. Uh, same question to you, my friend. Good afternoon, Anthony. Great to see all of you there. You know, I was feeling a lot less anxious today until Tim Horseman listed off all of the other disasters that might befall us. So now I may go back to uh, sleepless nights for a little bit. But um, seriously, our business in the last month, or I think a month ago, we were just two weeks into it and there was a lot of anxiety amongst supply people or customers and people hadn't really uh, landed in a comfortable space uh, yet. We were figuring it out. But since then, uh, you know, we have been able to transform our business, much like uh, other people have talked about. Um, uh, kind of, I say internally that we've moved past surviving and we're into thriving. Someone um, uh, else had mentioned that earlier. And I think um, I, I give a lot of credit to the resilience of our customers and our own people to try to figure out how to keep our supply chain going and jobs that are going, having them to continue to go. Um, we, like others, moved uh, people who it made sense for them to work from home. We were able to shift that. Uh, our distribution center is still operating, but we're trying to be very conscious of safe distances and all those things. Although it was unnerving, I have to say that 
you know, products coming and going, and you hear reports about how long the virus could live on a package. And um, so those those things, you know, we're still trying to do the best we can, but it's an uncertain environment. Uh, the our ideal supply branch is closed early in the process to non-ideal supply people. But uh, between inside and outside, our customers figured it out through the telephone, through emailing orders, and the kind of um, unintended outcome of all this is our e-commerce traffic has is twice the unique users and twice the volume that it was a few months ago. So people who were slow adopters to e-commerce, I think this has been the catalyst to them learning how to use it in the same way that all of us are perhaps using WebEx and Zoom and all these things more than we would have a few months ago. So um, I think in general that our company and the industry is making um, lemonade out of lemons. And one of the things that's been gratifying to me is to see how we've been able to put um, competition to the side a little bit and learn from each other. And there are people on this call that I've been able to communicate with discreetly and say, what are you doing? And here's what we're doing. And and uh, we've learned so much from the industry and and other industries around us, whether it be building supply or plumbing, because we're all trying to do the same thing, keep our businesses operating and keep our customers' businesses operating. So I think uh, our business will be very different when we come out the other end, but uh, for now, it's also very different. So then there, uh, there is also some lemonade to be had with the lemons. Uh, let me just get to uh, my last two uh, patient panelists for this first question. And uh, Elaine, we've got your audio all sorted. You're good to go. Uh, let's uh, go to you now. How have things changed at Gary? So probably not much different than um, everyone who's gone before us. And, and um, I think everyone has taken those great steps that have helped make sure all of our employees as well as our communities and our customers are kept safe. And I think it's pretty commendable for those um, who have closed their counters um, and, and made those those tougher decisions um, early on and, and were pioneers. I think that's that's really great. And and we're really very caring industry that um, whether it's caring for our people, caring for our customers, caring for our vendors, you know, really that seems to be the beautiful thing about this is it's it's people first and then it's how do we keep everyone up and running. Like everyone else, uh, the week of March 16th, we deployed anyone who could uh, work remotely, whether they had the technology uh, capability and had a role that could be done from uh, working from home. And uh, I have to really commend our IT department to making us uh, really ready for this. You know, everything that they had, the foundation they had put in place in our technology, everything from, you know, the, the laptops, the VPNs, the Skype for Business, the Teams, et cetera, Microsoft Teams, mobile, et cetera. And really, we were able, and I'm sure like everyone, able to make a decision one day and everyone's working remotely the next day and really very seamlessly. And I, whoever mentioned it before 10 years ago, that could not have happened. And so it's pretty amazing what technology has, has come to today that, that we could really make that happen. We too have curbside pickup and contactless uh, receiving, contactless uh, delivery, our distribution centers, um, everyone has homemade masks 
we've got our Amy masks and uh, other people have uh, have provided some. We have face shields uh, for anyone who wants them, face shields for our drivers, for our warehouse folks, you know, lots of hand sanitizer and um, and disposable gloves and gloves, et cetera. So everyone's um, well spaced out and, and uh, I think pretty comfortable with all the steps. And we formed a pandemic preparedness committee mid-March around the 13th. And uh, we started getting together as an executive, our third generation, uh, director of IT, director of HR, automation and uh, branch representative to just start talking and meeting on a regular basis. And what I really liked about uh, our approach there was we didn't get baked into an idea or a strategy. So what was decided on one day could be exactly the opposite the next day, which I think really helped us being able to pivot so quickly and and change our mind, be comfortable with changing our mind for making the new right decision. And based on, you know, the new things that we learned um, through the government, whether it was the prime minister or the, the premier's offices uh, or, or the uh, World Health Organization. So I think being able to adapt and adjust really quickly um, is is really what what helped us in these days so far. And of course, um, we mandated the week of the 16th, March 16th, that no one uh, enters our buildings except employees. You know, it, it is great that we're now getting all of us quite comfortable with the technologies that we have, whether it's Skype for Business videos or Teams videos or Zoom uh, or online training. And uh, it's just becoming a bit of a way of life that, um, you know, it's great that everyone's getting comfortable with it. And uh, even dad was able to do a Skype call, <laughs> Skype for business video call. So that's pretty good. And really the communications are, I think, really what's holding all of us together and all our companies and our people uh, feeling comfortable um, is that commu constant communication that I hear others are doing. And we, of course, are doing it as well. We're still meeting daily as a pandemic team after we listen to the premier, uh, the prime minister and the premier. And then we have a manager call at the end of every day. And then our director of HR sends a communication out to uh, all the employees every night uh, as a bit of an update. But as well, our, our managers are connecting with their teams every Monday morning over a virtual coffee. And um, they're doing this to try and help uh, make sure everyone still feels connected to their team members because you know when you've worked all your career in a, a department with people or uh, a room full of people or just plain interacting with anywhere from five to 50 people and now you're working in a room by yourself it's a bit of an adjustment so keeping everyone at least once a week connected with the team uh, we found has been really helpful too oh definitely even though i don't go out often for groceries just seeing perfect strangers across the parking lot makes me a little happier uh, now, Matthew, uh, you've got the last word on this subject. Uh, hopefully, uh, with having all the panelists in front of you, they've left you something to add. But Matthew, how have things changed at Electromat? Yes, uh, in fact, a lot of things have been said, but uh, on our side, we re realized that we came back from far. 
because prior to the crisis, we had no employee working from home. No one was using video conferencing. And now 90% of our employees are working from home and we enjoy a lot using Zoom and Team and those platforms. Regarding social distancing, the challenge is in the warehouse team. Because we have no volume, it's quite simple. But we are organizing our team so we'll be able to be productive enough to insert the increase of volume in the next week while respecting social uh, distancing. The last thing we want as a society is another closure of the economy because of, of non-respect of sanitary measures. No, that's a good point. Very good point. Okay, I think he was done. Okay, excellent. Uh, and if you weren't done, uh, Matthew, sorry if I cut you off. Feel free to jump back in again. No, that's good for me. I mean, we have to continue our business, but we, we want to do it uh, uh, with uh, prudence to make sure that uh, we are going in the good way and we don't have to, uh, to come back and have another uh, closure. I said I totally agree with you on that point. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out part two of two of my pandemic panel discussion with Canada's electrical distributors. Have a great day.